Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. On this week's episode, we'll hear from Keenan about his improvisational journey, play a couple games, and learn, most importantly, how he improved his life. Let's hit it! Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lee Evans, and today we're joined by Keenan, the talented, hilarious improviser. Thank you so much, Keenan, for joining us on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Michael. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course, of course. All right, Keenan. So you're joining us. We're going to do some improv today. We're going to talk about your life in improv. But before we do, a couple of introductory questions for you. How long have you been a member of Improv for the People? I've been a member since around February 2018, so four years plus now. Okay, okay. Pre-pandemic, I think that's a big marker. Pre-pandemic member. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you you go way back. Okay, and how long in general would you say, Keenan, have you been involved in like improv or kind of the improv scene? The same amount of time. IFTP is definitely the genesis of my improv interest, and I've been there ever since. And yeah, it's kind of crazy thinking about it. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Wow. Okay. So like IFTP born and raised. Exactly. Wow. Truly. Okay. Truly. Okay. That's really awesome. So I'm excited to get into that a little bit because, you know, I, IFTP pre-pandemic is kind of a mystery to me. So I'm curious to hear more. Yeah. yeah. I can and fill in some of those blanks for oh, you. You're going to write a textbook for me today. That's what we're <laughs> going to do. All right. But before we get into that, Keenan. Uh, as always, we're going to play one of my favorite games here, Three Things. But of course, as you may or may not know, we play a version of Three Things called Three Things, but it's personal, where in this game, I list a category and it's Keenan's job to name three things within that category. But as always, we make it about our guests to the best of our ability. So these are three things, things you can eat with your hands. Chicken wings. One. Apples. Two. Bananas. Three. These are three things. Things you see at a country club. Golf carts. One. Rich people. Two. Even richer people. (laughs) Three. These are three things. Places to eat in Ohio. Skyline, Chile. One. The Cone, which is an ice cream place. Um, Ruth Chris, great steakhouse. Three. These are three things. Oh my gosh, I was hoping you would say Skyline Chili, and you did right off the bat. Now, unfortunately, I've never been there, but I've heard about Skyline Chili, and I think it's it's a bucket list item for me, because I'm definitely curious. You know what's crazy is actually they just opened up a place called the 513, mm. an Ohio guy owns it, and mm. he serves chili there. Um, I recently had it. I go there to watch the Bengals games. Let's oh, go Bengals. Okay, okay. And, Bengals um, it didn't quite. I wouldn't say it was a gross underestimate of what Skyline Chili is all about, but it's a good replacement if you've never had it. Okay, okay. It's like best we can do out here, maybe. Exactly. Got it. Got it. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. And uh, now, Keenan, can I ask why do you think I mentioned a country club in that game there? I think you dug a little dirt and found out that I, my very first job was working for Ford Bridges Country Club, which is in Mason, Ohio. Mm, mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I had to bring that up because I think country clubs are such interesting places. I, I haven't been to one, so everything I know is from like movies or TV shows. Interesting. So, so, so you probably have like an inflated idea of what that is really. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think of like the movie Caddyshack or just, you know... Uh, 
and just, yeah, rich people, like you said, you're like rich people, even <laughs> richer people. And I was like, yeah, hundred percent. It's just like old dudes drinking iced tea, being bad at golf. Seriously, dude, seriously. And, you know, I would say even richer people because you could tell like who would just like, hey, can we borrow a cart real quick? And it's like, uh, no, we we shut down for the day. Like, Come on, oh, you can help me out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> I, I'm worth a lot of money. You can give <laughs> right. me a cart. You can clearly see in my outfit that I'm worth a lot of money. Oh my goodness, that's ridiculous. And I bet, yeah, golf guys are, that's a whole different crowd. I... I'm not a golfer, but I have been to a driving range once. How did that go? Um, I was very bad because I'm left-handed and I just, my friend is not. So he wasn't very helpful in teaching me. <laughs> he forgot I was left-handed and then we got there and he was like, oh yeah, well, we'll do our best. And that's kind of how we, right. how we did. Right. Now, are you, do you golf? Are you interested in golf? Or are you just like, now nope, I was on the business side now I'm out? So I don't golf. I want to get back into it. Mm. When I was younger, my dad was like, you should get into golf while you're young. And I was thinking like, is that really an athletic game we need to play? Like, do I have to worry about my athletic prime to play golf? Yeah. But now I just see it as like, it sounds pretty great. Honestly, if you just like hit your friends up to play golf and spending all day outside, maybe you're drinking a little, who knows what you're doing, but it's just (laughs) a nice time outside, I think. So eventually I'll try to get back into it. It seems a little expensive to be honest with you. Um, Just all the equipment you need and stuff, but never say never. Never say never. There you go. All right. If you were on the golf course right now, Keenan, what would you be drinking? (sighs) See, you got to pace yourself, right? Mm, So you don't go, I wouldn't go cocktail. Like we're talking drinking. Yeah. 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 Not water. (laughs) Probably Miller Lite. Okay. Shout okay. out to our yeah. sponsor, Miller Lite. Miller Lite, yeah. Shout out, uh, best light beer. <laughs> there is taste. Yeah. There really is what gets me. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Miller Lite. And I think that's a smart move playing the long game. We know golf is right. a long game, 18 holes. Um, you don't want to be blacking out by like exactly. hole five. That's you know? irresponsible. Right. Very. Right. Someone's got to drive the cart. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. yeah. See, I think... It seems like we might both be excellent golfers if we actually did golf because we know we've got some strategies. <laughs> get the here. vibe. Yeah. I think basically. between the two of us, and I'm sure like you have a ton of knowledge. So you're like, if I just wanted to, <laughs> you'd be <laughs> if I tried. Yeah, exactly. 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 I think I kind of get to, like you said, you're like, I'm young. Why am I going to get into golf? Like, right. Seems like, like an older man's game. You know, Cause you're like, I want to move around. <laughs> run like it seems I, like big business deals could be done on golf courses yeah, that's every movie right they're like yeah i'm gonna take him out to the <laughs> golf course and we're gonna uh, trade <laughs> secrets i don't know yeah bring my briefcase 100 100 percent. okay well thank you for sharing a little bit on your background all right so ohio ohio part cincinnati of cincinnati ohio there you go so you said you're a Bengals fan Ooh, i'm joe burrow man that guy uh that guy can he's play. legit he's legit yeah, and Best three wide receivers, I feel like, in the NFL right now. Okay. Yeah. NFL fan? You root oh, for somebody? Unfortunately, a Chargers fan. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah wow. San Diego, born and raised. So. Oh, cool. It's uh, Well, it's been painful, you know. Yeah, but, I uh, imagine. Is that a tough transition to L.A.? Yeah, like yeah I felt pretty conflicted about it. Yeah. You know? But, you know, I also transitioned to L.A., so it's kind of like, well... Uh, I, I can be mad at them, but I did the same thing. Right. You understand. Yeah. I'm just not worth $2 billion, so... <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, not yet. We're, we're this working podcast on podcast well, yeah. going places. Money's in podcasts. Everybody knows yeah. that. <laughs> That's why people start them. <laughs> All right, Keenan. Well, uh, thank you for chatting with me, playing three things. 
I want to go ahead and jump into our interview, get talking about some improv, because that's why we're here, right? This is improv for the podcast. I, I mean, I would love to talk football and learn more about your experience in Ohio, but we got some improvs to chat about. Oh, yeah. So let's oh, yeah. jump in. All right. So, Keenan, what I want you to tell me is the very first time you learned what improv was. Like, maybe the first time you heard the word, you saw it happen. When was that? What's so interesting in thinking about improv is that I feel like I've seen pop culture's reaction to improv before mm. I ever saw improv. So the first time I was exposed to it was probably watching The Office and seeing Michael Scott go to his <laughs> improv class. Um, always loved Whose Line Is It Anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, but I couldn't tell you that that's improv right there. I just yeah. knew I loved the show. Yeah, I was like, that's funny what they're doing up there. Right. Um but I don't know. It, it seems kind of, you know, I'm not going to say at the start of IFTP, like that's the first time I heard improv, mm-hmm. but not, not far um, from the start of IFTP, really. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So college, college, college a little bit. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a big time. But I wasn't aware of my college's improv scene, really. Okay. And I don't even know if we had an improv scene. We knew... I remember this one girl who was on the comedy team. Mm, the comedy team. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that seems very vague. Right. Yeah. They had to be doing improv, yeah, I yeah. imagine. Um, but yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm a member of the comedy team. <laughs> that, that, that name is really funny to me. I don't know. It's just like they're like, yeah, we, we do comedy. Not sure what right. specifically, but, you know, generally funny stuff. General comedy for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. You just try out with knock knock jokes. It's pretty sweet. Um, I might I might form a comedy team. <laughs> I, I love how not a troupe, a comedy team. Yeah. Just a team. Yeah. See, this is my our jerseys for the comedy team. Yeah, see, I'm number uh, number 11. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's got my last name on the back. Um, actually, never mind. That's a, that's such a tangent. But OK. OK. So prior to joining IFTP, had you, were you interested or had you done any like stage performing, any sort of like plays, acting, things like that? It was just not really your interest. So growing up, I was definitely, I was always in love with comedy and always in love with um, creating. It just improv wasn't the medium that I found myself using. Um, And no, I wasn't. What's so funny about it is that in high school, those would be the kids that I would laugh at for sure, lack sure. of a better phrase. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the truth. You know, so, we so thought you laugh at me. That's what you're saying. No, you, I'm kidding. You, <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe you would change my mind and show me how cool it is. But I would look at that and say like, Oh, I'm not doing that. Even though like kind of secretly, I knew I wanted to be involved in just creating period, yeah. mostly film, but plays have always interested me, but I've never been in a play. Wow. Okay. But I would be in one. Um, just didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So it sounds like like being creative and using your like creative skills has always been a part of like your life and just in a lot of different areas, whatever you were up to. Absolutely. Writing was always my main Ah, thing. Writing from when I was young, I distinctly remember being three years old and saying I wanted to be an artist. So I always felt a bond with that. And Mm -hmm. I feel like you know, just doing improv has been my outlet as of late. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. Wow. And yeah, as a kid too, three years old, I mean, a lot of three-year-olds say they want to be like Batman or something. So that's like a pretty, you're like, this is a realistic goal. 
No ambition followed it. I just I remember having the thought. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Um, what are what do you like to write? Good question. I get asked when I tell people like I like to write. They're like, "Oh, what genre?" And that's always has made me malfunction in some way because yeah. I could never. To me, I just wanted to be honest about what I was writing. Yeah. So when I was younger, it was definitely like short stories, and then went through a rap phase and poetry phase and I think post grad it's been more into screenplays actually okay. and novels honestly that's awesome ton of different mediums then right i just yeah the medium never really mattered to me yeah just as long as you're writing something generating right. something right right yeah i like that a lot i think i've dabbled yeah in a lot of similar things like never one thing consistently yeah but yeah just kind of all over the place but it's the joy in and of itself, just creating that yeah. thing, whatever it is. Right. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, uh, when I was in high school, we wrote a um, like a rap poem about uh, Benito Mussolini for a project. Wow. <laughs> and I think my teacher was like, okay. <laughs> it was for a presentation. I think we did well, but the class was a little confused because <laughs> my friend brought in like a cajon, you know, to give us a beat. And then my other friend played some on a guitar. Like it was a whole... I don't know how we did that. <laughs> it's, all, it's been all downhill since then. Where did the confusion lie? Did they, were the lyrics on point? I think so. I think like I still have it. I saved it in a Google doc and I still have it in my Google drive wow. like, all these years later. Cause that was mm, uh, like 12 plus years ago. So yikes. Um, <laughs> but um, I think it was just like everyone else, you know, it was just like, here's some slides. <laughs> and then, you know, we, we got a little, we had fun with it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I, I'll have to look for that. Um, but do you have maybe a couple of projects or one or two projects of something that you've written in your mind that stand out or that are favorites of yours? Yeah. One that really made me feel like I could have confidence in myself as a writer was this essay in school that we wrote um, senior year in English class, basically regarding whether we thought people were inherently good or not. And I felt so compelled by like such a like big existential question. And I remember getting a 98 on the paper and just felt so confident. And I, I really, Mr. Herbert, shout out to you, Bishop Finn McKay school. He told me my writing was uh, poetic Mm. in a way. And that just gave me so much confidence and just, yeah. It stayed with you. You, know, sure. you still remember that. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, another um, piece that I was proud of around the same time, totally different medium, but I basically wrote a rap song for this girl, Hook hook and Verses. Hey, there you go. There you go. Wow. And a full track. Yeah. And it was the first time I felt like, wow, this actually expresses how I'm yeah. feeling. I got that right, which up to that point and still now in a way I, I trust my feelings. Mm. It's just how good is my tool at capturing it? You know, mm. kind of like having a, you don't, if you're in front of like a mountain view, you don't want to have a camera that's bad because you feel like, Oh man, I can't really capture what I'm seeing or yeah. what I'm feeling in yeah. this moment. It's not accurate. Right. Yeah, and you're going to look back and be like, mm, that wasn't that how it went. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Can I ask, uh, how, how'd the rap go? How'd it go over? So, not the way I wanted. Uh, not ideal. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> she 
barely reacted to it. What? And that's like, she like, she was nice about it. Yeah. She was cordial. It wasn't like, she was, this is trash. This is awful. But maybe I would have liked that more to have like a, a heightened reaction yeah. as opposed to like what felt like to me was apathetic. Yeah. yeah. So good memories. Oh man, that's tough. What if, what if she stole your lyrics and then she went into the studio like the next week and she was like, I'm putting this on SoundCloud. I'm about to blow up. She would owe me a lot of money because what yeah. I wrote was gold. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Her loss. Her loss. Her loss for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's name her right now. No, just kidding. That's it. <laughs> That'd be terrible. That'd be terrible. <laughs> would she see it? Probably not. Probably not. not. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, there's, I can't toot my own horn here now. <laughs> We're not there yet. But yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I still think that's really cool that, yeah. that you wrote that. It's awesome. All right. So throughout your life, uh, creativity and that skill set you've had has played a major influence. And it sounds like writing has been a huge part of that as well. So what led you to coming to IFTP? How did you find it? What was like, you know what? I'm going to go do improv. That's That's where I want to be. Right. So I basically got a job right outside of college and was working there for about a year. My mom always said, if you know, it takes a year to realize you don't like a job. I don't necessarily know if I vouch for that now. I, I disagree, but okay. <laughs> so I, I did my time. I did my year and I was like, okay, I know I don't necessarily want to do this. And what do I really want to do? I want to take a, a plunge at the creative mm. field, just doing that, doing more of that in my life. And I was in Ohio at the time and I always wanted to be in California and just for, to me, it was just like a picture of what California was. And I just always wanted to go there. And I had a few f- friends that were moving to Los Angeles at the time, both pursuing more like music industry stuff. So that made it easier to move to Los Angeles and it was really hard at first, like being in a new city and trying to ingratiate ourselves and finding our own communities. And I remember considering acting class, do I want to do that? Not necessarily. And my roommate at the time was, we came to the idea of doing improv at the same time. I think, honestly, I'm not sure what the, what spurred that initial thing that we told ourselves that we wanted to do, join an improv class It may have been thinking that we could make money as actors and being in commercials. And one of the things they tell you about being a good commercial actor is improv. Yes, sir. So I think that was part of that decision. And I remember him being like, okay, I'm going to do UCB. Mm. And I was going to do the same. And I think it was really just a scheduling thing. Yeah. Um, And he drove Uber at the time and he picked up a passenger that belonged to IFTP. And she apparently was like, yeah, you should check out Improv for the People. He told me, signed up for a class, and ever since then, it's been hooked. Wow, that's crazy. So just through through Ubering, like, this random lady. Just so random. Shout out. She could have said any studio, too. And, you know, maybe I would have worked my way back to IFTP, but who knows? Yeah. Wow, that's, that's kind of amazing. So did you move to L.A. then, like, 2018, around then? 2018, uh, actually 2017. 2017. So I've been out here for five years now. There you go. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you decided you're like improv class. Boom. I'm going to go to this place that the Uber lady suggested, IFTP. So you roll up, you show up for that first class. Tell me about your first class at IFTP. Who was your teacher? 
My teacher was Ava. Ava. Fantastic ah. teacher. My very yeah. first class. Shout out Ava. Future. Shout out Ava. Uh, guest on the show. My first show was with Ava. And for some reason, I think she stopped teaching, but mm. then came back. That was kind of a cool full circle. Yeah. I remember being really, I guess I don't know if I was, I felt really nervous that first class, but the first class went well mm. and it felt really natural. And I'd say that not at all to brag at all. It just, it felt like, even though we mentioned before, like improv or getting up on stage wasn't necessarily a medium I dabbled in when I was younger. Being in the improv class felt like, oh, this is what what we did as kids, just truly playing and being free. Oh, man, that I love what you just said right there. Yeah. Being kids, right? I think... Play is something like that idea of like play. I think it's so lost. So just hearing you say that, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, Keenan, yes, yes. Because that's like, I think philosophically for me, I, I've as I've gotten older, you know, I'm very old and very wise, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> uh, just emanating from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's often your aura. Are often annoyed by how wise I am. I could, I could yeah, tell from my perspective. Uh, I think that that sense of play is so, so important and is, is lost on so many people. They just forget how to do that as we get older, you know, because we learn about responsibilities and how life really is. So I think just hearing you say that upon your first time coming to class, you were like, hey, yeah, I'm just coming in here and being like a kid and playing. Like, that's, that's huge. That's mind-blowing to me because I think that's something I continue to always try and keep in my heart and my yeah. mind of like how can i incorporate a sense of play into everything i do right because i was thinking like why do we stop playing and you'd mention responsibilities but responsibilities don't have to be mutually exclusive That's from true. play you know and i hate that kind of operate that way mm. yeah so keenan do you have a thought why why do you think we stop playing what do you think that is that sense of play that we lose as we get older Partially because the responsibility thing, I think. Partially because how often do we allow ourselves just to be silly and like think what you're doing when you're playing? It's just, mm. I think you're just allowing that kind of freedom to like flow through you and yeah. just be careless, I guess I would say, in a way, and just kind of let go. Do you think it comes from, from fear of judgment as well from others? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Fear of judgment is just killer, man. Yeah. Yeah, it shuts down everything. I think fear of judgment makes us less kid-like, I would say. Mm. Yeah, because kids are so carefree. They yeah. Just, like, especially, you know, like, young kids, they just go about and do whatever, say whatever. Right, and yeah. just wear whatever and yeah. just operate how they want to operate, you know? They don't Man. have the same concerns. No. Okay. Wow. Oh, yes. Yes, I love that. We already got to touch on that. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So you come in IFTP, you first class with Ava, and it goes well, and... I don't think you're tooting your own horn at all there. I think sometimes there's, you know, for some people, like they come in, and this is a space they've, you know, like always were meant to be in. They just didn't know it until they got there, right? Right. And you know, sometimes it just clicks. Some people, it just takes a little more work to get there. Yeah. You know? And I think people su uh, surprise themselves as well yeah. once they actually just dive in and kind of like amaze themselves. And I kind of like people on their first class because you let go of, they don't even know some of the rules yeah. to even think about that would make them more hesitant in a scene to think that, Oh, am I fulfilling? Yes. And am I fulfilling relationships or 
match status or match tone, all mm, those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's almost simpler in a way. Cause it's like, I don't know what I can't do. I don't know what I should do. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's just kind of like, there's, there's kind of a chaos to it. I feel yeah. Like. Yeah. Which I, I love. Yeah. Definitely having you know, been in a few beginner classes, you see some, you see some really cool moments in those. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Like seeing people come out there and they're, they're doing such wacky stuff and you're just like, yeah, get it. Like get out there, seize it. Right. Yeah. That's really cool. So after your first class, you were like, okay, I think, I think I found something here. And you obviously, I, I'm guessing you continued taking classes. I did. All right. All right. So you're, you're taking classes and did you find yourself like, um, each week do you feel like you're like, okay, I'm learning stuff and kind of seeing like how I'm improving and getting better at this. So yes, I also could easily see where, how much I needed to grow. Mm. Um, and those early days seeing like a, a seasoned improviser, maybe they dropped in on a class, maybe I watched a show or whatever it was. I was like, wow, okay. There's a lot of levels to this and there's yeah. a lot of um, depth here to go into. And I remember for the longest time, like, man, why am I in this rut? Especially after the first class and feeling like, especially when things go well, you're like, oh, well, they're supposed to go well. This is yeah, how it's yeah. always going to go. You're like, well, this is great. <laughs> Which is not the case. I'm obviously. great. This is great. Here we go. Here we go. But it just doesn't go that way. And, and But I loved it, too. It was always fun. Yeah. And I think that's what, when Matt asked us after scenes, uh, what we think, I always say it's fun because it always is. So I always had that keeping me going. I I would definitely say on your point mentioning that, like one thing I've always appreciated about IFTP is uh, I think it definitely in, in every class, you know, kind of that moment to check in after you do something like, okay, I, I kind of shared a little, how did you feel about it? And getting that kind of reflection from the participants in the mm -hmm. scene as well, which mm -hmm. uh, again, not going to name names, but at some other places around this town, <laughs> that, that does not happen. Mm. Um, and I just, that moment for reflection, I think, can be huge in like an improviser's growth, you know, because you need to be able to analyze your own performance, your for own sure. scene, your own choices and for say, sure. like, oh, I could have done this differently or, oh, next time I want to try this. Right. So I think that that goes a long way in helping, you know, you can help yourself grow, too. You don't always have to rely on another person giving you feedback constantly. Absolutely. And analyzing, but making sure that doesn't manifest into overthinking. Yeah. Because yeah. you can analyze all day, yeah. you know. Still, you go up there and you have to do it, right? Oh, yeah, I, I definitely can sometimes get in the overthinking train and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm awful. <laughs> like, same, same, yeah, big yeah. time. It's like one, a one-off scene, you know, and then you're like, I should I should probably leave. <laughs> like, it's like, this is, I'm, this is my, my improv class career has ended. <laughs> it feels like that sometimes, you know, yeah. high highs. And I know for me, sometimes low lows, not necessarily yeah. so. Yeah, it's, that's literally all me. You know, nobody in right. class is like, you suck. Not at you all. You should get out. <laughs> well, they happened. did that one time, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. In my, you know, in my first class, they were like, <laughs> we will pay you to leave. That's what they told me. Right. I, yeah. hear, I heard that. Yeah. Actually. And I said, no, I'm said, staying, buddy. <laughs> and, uh, listen, and now they just put me in here, I think, to remove me from the classes. They oh. gave me a podcast. And <laughs> Smart of them. <laughs> I know. Brilliant. Honestly. Really? Brilliant. Uh, yeah, that's definitely all true. Okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, I want to get into that a little bit because I think you mentioned, right, how your first class, you're like, 
wow, it went well. I feel like I did well. I'm always going to do that well. How do you think that first time you maybe faced adversity within an improv or like in a class where you, you know, maybe a scene didn't go how you hoped um, and kind of how did you respond or how did that make you feel? Yeah, I remember the first time sort of classes of different levels were mixed just because numbers happened to be short that day yeah. and being so nervous and feeling so insecure about watching what at the time were like the medium level yeah. um, improvers go up. And I remember that whole class thinking it was the first time I felt like, oh, God, I, I'm like fretting the time that I'm going to go up or be called up or whatever it was. And I hated feeling that way. Yeah. And in that moment, um, I kind of just like plunged ahead. And I think really there's nothing I could say about like eradicating that feeling. It's just like kind of knowing it's there and acknowledging it and continuing to go anyway. And I felt like I just learned to continue to show up because it just felt confident that just keep going and keep going. It'll kind of resolve itself. That spirit of almost resilience. You're like, yeah, I'm a little nervous about this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then continuing to make that choice, I think is, you know, that's tremendous. Right. And then those same people, at least one of them, like years later, um, was like, oh, I thought I was afraid of you. I think it's so funny, like this game we yeah. play, like, like we're wait, both what? nervous. And yeah. It's just like, what am I doing? And they probably think the same thing. Like, yeah. What am I doing to make you nervous, right? And I remember being so nervous um, the first time I had a class with Matt. Mm. I remember thinking like, oh God, I really hope he thinks I'm funny. I really want him yeah. to think I'm funny because it felt like, yeah, because he's, he's, yeah, I felt that too. I remember I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> Seriously. And how did that go? Did did he think you were funny? Yes. Good. Close Good. call. Good. But he did. Yeah. I don't know. I mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's hard to say. Do you ever ask somebody, do you think I'm funny? Yeah. Yeah. But you, yeah. As if they laugh at what you say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you never, you can't really go up to people and be like, hey, uh, you think I'm funny, right? <laughs> you think I'm funny. Especially like you're an improv teacher. I think that's going to be a, an interesting conversation. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I feel like as soon as you ask that, they are they going to say, it seems like they're less likely to say yes oh, now. Oh, 100%. They're going to be like, oh, well, actually. Uh, I think, too, I yeah, I can relate to that feeling of like coming in the class, first class with Matt, and it's like, oh, this guy's really awesome and like charismatic, energetic, and so quick. Like, mm-hmm. do you think do you think he'll think that I'm good or that I'm funny? Like, I, I hope he does. Sure. <laughs> like, definitely that need for approval. Especially oh, yeah. for Matt, just because you're like, this guy's so dang cool. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy really knows improv. You yeah. can tell. Yeah. The knowledge, the care, the discipline is there. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, man, this, this is a learned man. Yeah. <laughs> learned. Yeah. A learned, handsome, bald man. I know he'd love for me to say that. So, <laughs> um, what, what was the timeline look like? So, you started with um, Ava's class. When was the first time you had Matt's class? Was it maybe just a couple months, a year? Yeah, so I started in Ava's class that was like February of 2018, mm-hmm. and then IFTP moved actually to where they are now oh, on Pico. Shout out to Pico. Best time in Pico's life. There you go. Changed yeah, it yeah. forever. Yep. And so that was like around June 2018, so it was just a few months in. So okay. I felt really, I still feel new to improv really, mm-hmm. um, but four months in I felt extra new. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. 
Yeah, because you're like, wow, now, you know, I've been doing this for a little while, but we just moved to a new place. I'm going to have a different teacher. Like, that, it almost feels like a reset in some ways. Yeah, a lot of changes, a lot yeah. of changes. So when was the first time you did a show, a show at IUTP? That was August of that year. Wow, so August 2018. So you started February for a show in August, so about six months. Nice. First show... And I was in the very first short form scene oh, man. of that show. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Yeah. And it's um, Shelly and I. You, do, you yeah, know Shelly? I know Shelly. Yeah. Future, future guest of the show. Nice. <laughs> I just go say that about everyone. They're either a past guest or a future guest pretty much. Right. She and I were doing a scene. It was like uh, like the newscast scene. Yeah. It's like a little show. Yeah. Like you bring on a guest. So lights up. Shelly starts talking. And she's going and she's doing the whole thing and I'm following along. So nervous, so scared. Never been in an improv show. I realize I haven't been talking like for about 45 seconds. And at that time I didn't read her cue to like, like I didn't know her as an improviser. So I didn't know like her little look was like, that's your entrance. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and so she did the little look and then kept going because I didn't (laughs) fill in. And so I look to my left and I see Matt, um, where he like stands during shows and he <laughs> makes his face. He's like, say something, say something. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Can you curse on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh fuck. Like everybody knows now that I haven't spoken. Yeah. But luckily I was able to flip it yeah. into like, you haven't been letting me talk this whole time or whatever yeah, I said. Yeah, and, you and, used it. And yeah, used it. And he got a big laugh and I was like, oh, okay, what a relief. Um, Because I thought like my first show, my first scene was going to end in disaster. Yeah. But I think that right there shows like an ability, you know, you were like, well, this is how the scene has gone so far. I can use what's already happened to help inform the scene going forward, right? Which is exactly that. You're like, hey, I haven't talked much. You've been talking over me. And that's the audience is going to be like, oh, you know, they're going to lose their minds. Their socks are falling off. Like. Right. Everything. I I love that improv adage where they say the audience sees everything and they do. So when you use it, it kind of brings relief, but also something to be cognizant of as well, where, you know, you better use it because they see it and it's hard to hide things from them when you're on that stage. Yeah. And I think just realize, yeah, probably the least aware person in an improv show is the people doing the show. Right. Right. The audience is like 100%. I got the best view right now. Right. They didn't, they didn't notice that or they didn't call that out. Right. Someone said something weird and nobody said anything about it. You know, they're going to pick up on all those little tiny cues and misfires. That's a, yeah, that's a really good point you said there. That's so true. And the audience just loves when, you know, you as the performer call out the same thing they're thinking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they'll be like, yeah, it is weird right. they said it, you know. Whatever. It's almost relief for them, too. Yeah. It's like a laugh of relief, like. Yeah. What if they never pointed that out? Yeah. You know, because everybody loves a moment where you can relate over a shared observation. Right. Yeah. We all love that moment. You know? Right. It's like, yeah, you know, that that person was acting weird. You know? And <laughs> yeah. connecting with someone over that is just, you know, that's fantastic every time. So oh, absolutely. That's just what's happening with the audience there. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's cool. Okay. Wow. So 
I can imagine that that is pretty intimidating. I'm not going to lie. Your first, like your first improv show, you're in the first short form game and it's with Shelly, who is someone who I think is incredible. She's oh, hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah. And definitely the first time I saw her in a show and then I was, I saw her and then, you know, down the line I was in a show with her. I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Shelly, oh, you're like way better than me. So. Right. And uh, I was kind of, I was kind of just watching her like yeah. go, like even being in the scene with yeah. her. I was like, wow, this is pretty amazing. Like, man, I get the best seats right now. Right. Yeah, yeah right. I definitely can agree. I think I've had a, a short form or a scene in there with Shelly, and I definitely had, I think I've had a similar experience of like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, I'm here I too. I have to contribute. Yeah, right. yeah. Shelly needs a scene partner. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, she's just, she's incredible. She's incredible. But so are you. So let's Thank get back you. to Keenan. Yeah, enough about Shelly. We'll, we'll have her on in the future. Shelly gets enough love, all right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so I I really love that experience and just how how you remember that detail too. Like, I don't know if I have such a, a good memory of improv shows I've been in. Like, literally, even one from like a month ago. You know, I'd be like, yeah, there was um, we did some scenes. Yes, <laughs> and like, so I'm impressed by that. And uh, after that moment, after you had that first show, you're like, okay, done one show. I've gotten it under that belt. Did that change how you felt overall about improv? Did that give you confidence? Yes. And overconfidence Ah. because I felt like getting like those big laughs and getting like that instant gratification. It again, similar to the first class, but even more so because it was just a show. Mm. I felt that, Oh, it's going to be like this every time. Like watch out Eddie Murphy. Like I I know what he's on and I'm on the same thing. (laughs) I got this. I got this. I'm I'm the chosen one. Right. Right. (laughs) And the second show comes and it's not like that at all. It's not bad, but it's not, I don't know. And this is actually something I wanted to ask you. Like, do you often use laughs as a barometer for how well you did on a show? hundred percent. And I think that's something. Yeah. I, want to be better about because well one like a laugh you know a laugh or no laugh doesn't always you know some people just don't laugh but they still enjoy something right and i think in the moment in particular you really shouldn't get too caught up on that because that can take away or distract from the scene because you know that's when you you know go for a cheap one-liner or you like sell out your partner because <laughs> you're like i need this and so I think it's it's a fine line to tell, but I definitely, it's something I struggle with. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same, because I feel like we always say we're not, as you said, like we're not going after the jokes or not necessarily trying to be funny because I think that's gets the results that you mentioned yeah. where it's not really good for the overall team or yeah. the overall product, really. And But it's also easy to be like, okay, the audience was really quiet or even in class, like, they didn't seem to be reacting to that. What am I doing yeah. wrong, maybe? Yeah. And I think the way I think about that is uh, actually Liam, who's on episode two, he had a quote or he told me, you know, he once learned, like, don't make jokes make sense. And I that stuck with me, you know, uh, for the month since we did that interview. And I, you know, want to find opportunities to apply that. Because I think, yeah, even in class too, I, I can get that similar feeling. And then, you know, if it if, if the room is silent, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just, I've committed an atrocity right? and I made them watch it, right? you know, but it's, you know, even in the moment you get caught up in those wrong things. So I definitely want to focus on that. Like, yeah, don't make jokes, make sense. Right. Find the truth, observe what's there, take in the information and the rest will come. Right. 
totally agree with that. Yeah, because I think sometimes, you know, when you when you are worried about the wrong things, you get in your own way. In your oh, yeah. And that's also what I took after the first show as well, going actually after the second show, because I realized how selfish I was being and how much I had focused on my own performance and how how funny was I. And that's just such a, it's such a waste to improv because it's really about your scene partner. It's about other people really and like serving them and making them look good and setting them up and not necessarily. I just remember being so down after like the second show or like the next few shows because it was like, man, I, you know, I did this well, but I wanted to be funnier here. I wanted to be better there, you know, and we all do that and probably still will do that. Yeah. But now I've learned how was the show overall? Did we all have fun? Did we all enjoy each other? Did were we connected? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so much more of a group thing, I think, than people realize. And I think like you yeah. said, it's ultimately not about like my laughs per minute, you know, whatever. Like it's about like how did I serve the scene? How did I serve my scene partner? Did I listen? Yeah. At its essence, it is supposed to be like a you are serving. You're serving the scene. You're serving your partner. That's yeah. what it is. And that really gets lost because every single human likes to think they're, you know, they're the funny one. Like we all enjoy that feeling, of course. But I think improv at its core, you're very much correct on that. Like it's, you know, how how am I contributing overall, you know, to the greater the greater picture here, the greater scene, the greater show, you know, on a, on a like a micro scale and a macro scale. It's really a medium that you give yourself to, mm-hmm. and you should give yourself fully to it. Yeah. I just thought in my head, and I think uh, the reason why I thought of it like this, I just went to a Dodgers game. Uh, so I thought, I was like, improv is, you know, it's kind of like baseball because one, like baseball, you know, it has the regular season is crazy long, right? It's 162 games. Um, and I think like improv, you can kind of think of it in a similar way because you're going to do so much improv. If this is something you're actively pursuing and actively interested in your life that like, you know, you're not going to be, hitting grand slams out of the park every game, right? You know, you're going to have some games where you're like, hey, you know, I uh, I got someone out, you know, I threw a good ball here and there, but I wasn't the star of the show. But my effort, my choices still made an impact on the overall result, which is hopefully a victory. And the same goes in baseball, you know? Like, it's not like someone's going out there and, you know, hitting home runs every single game. That definitely doesn't happen, you know? No. But it's like, at the end of the day, were you a team player that contributed overall? Because improv, improv is a team sport, Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I'm taking that. We can just, we can try and like equate improv to a bunch of other sports too. If <laughs> I was like. thinking when you were saying that, could it apply to basketball yeah, I or think football? So too. Yeah, it was basketball. You know, it's like, man, I have the ball, but maybe I'm not the best person to have the ball right now. You know, maybe someone's like, you know, I got Steph Curry out there. <laughs> I want to pass it to him so he can take that right, three. You know, right. instead of me being in the paint and only getting two points. Like, right, right. <laughs> See, every so sport. Good. Every, every sport, sport, it's analogous. <laughs> Maybe I just need the assist, you know. <laughs> Not the points to get credited for that. Yeah, we could just, let's, we're going to go hockey. We're going to get like, we're going to get real deep. We're going to get into like synchronized swimming. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about every sport. But I, I, I love that you mentioned that. And I think it's, it's really important to keep in mind and always a good way to anchor yourself anchor yourself you know this is about the scene this is about the show overall what i can do in this moment to benefit them right yeah and that's i mean that's like 
you got it right there. That's all you need. If you remember that and hold true to that, it's going to take you far in improv. Yeah. How long have you been doing it? Do you mind if I, I don't mean to flip the yeah, interview no, on you? No, uh, Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. Uh, today, our host is Keenan with guest uh, me. Uh, no, uh, it's a long time. I think I started doing improv like consistently um, as early as middle school, middle school and high school. But it's different when you're a kid. It's a lot sillier. And it's, you know, more short form games and things like that. Like I, I've always been doing like drama and theater basically my whole life. So I got serious about improv in college. And that's where a lot of people, just because you have opportunities for that. So college and then post-grad. And so, I don't know, put a number on it, a while. That's what I'd say, a while. And I've tried to do the, the tour of LA, you know, go to all the different schools and mm-hmm. learn the different philosophies and right. all that. Which, right. you know, there's a lot of different opinions out there. That's what I'll say. But I've, I found IFTB to be the place for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's, yeah I felt the most at home here the most like successful in my own growth because mm-hmm. uh yeah i'm not like it's not like you show up here you do it our way or you suck and you know not at all not yeah. at all which is you know i think this is the one place where it doesn't feel that way yeah and why. also i would say yeah. accepting of different sort yeah. of philosophies if you yeah. look at the teachers it's all it's not like drastically different but they all have their own nuances i would say yeah. and being in a specific teacher's class at iftp is being in its own class yeah in a way yeah because it's like you know nobody you're not going to come into someone's class and be like everything you're doing is wrong get out you do it my way or yeah right it's going to do that to you here and it's kind of like you get to learn these different techniques and guidelines and kind of shape your own improv philosophy based off of that and you know and you can because of that, you're still able to work with everyone here. You know, you can show up to a show and play with someone like Shelly, who you've never worked with before, but it's still going to work. Right. Because we all know what improv is. Yeah. We all, you know, generally, you know, know the basic guidelines to follow within that. Right. Yeah. And then the rest, I think, is just, you know, what do I need to help me be successful in this scene and to help, you know, my scene partner be successful? That's that's the part where it's different for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I've been doing improv a hundred years. That's no, no. But I think a while, you know, I, it's not like I've been going like every week for my whole life though. You know, college, you get busy with stuff and. Right. Yeah. Well, just listening to uh, the podcast you did with Liam and thinking about your oh, experience. Yeah. I often think now, like in hindsight about my time in college mm. and in high school and what if I did do improv at that time. Yeah. But I still think like, Maybe I wasn't mature enough because yeah. I still would be worried about, at least the friends I had, I would be worried about being funny in that kind of way. Yeah. And I wasn't like mature enough to be open yeah. in that way that I ask improv to do for me. It's to just force me to be open and yeah. honest. Yeah, And I think that's, like you said, mature enough is a really good way to put it. Because I think everyone, you know, it it reaches a point in life, you know, where when you're still a kid, you still find that play in different ways. You know, you joke around with your friends, you know, you're going right. to school, you're hanging out with them, you, you know, and you're joking and playing about the whole day probably while you're at school. And I think there's a shift between, right, like going from high school to college and then graduating and that you have an innate desire to get back to that sense of play, I think, and people find it in different ways. And like for people like us, it's improv. For other people, uh, I'm not sure what it is, but... <laughs> Who knows? And we have this. So I think, yeah, to your point, that's that's a really good way to view it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, no, sure enough. I really like that. Okay. So I want to ask. So we know kind of about your time here at IFTP, right? You started in 2018. You've been grinding, working, improving your skills. What, um, during your time here, how, what impact do you think you've had? What you've learned at IFTP, doing improv, performing, taking these classes, has it had an impact into your life outside of IFTP, outside of improv? Oh yeah, yeah and definitely. you can be as general or specific as you want. Right. I'm glad you said that because yeah. for me, it's tell me your job, how much you get paid, um, like how improv affected you today in a conversation with your boss. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an abstract thing for me. I yeah. think when people, when people who haven't done improv ask me about it, they're like, "Oh, well, you're quick on your feet, aren't you?" And it's like, "Yeah, yeah it's, it's like you maybe. tell funny jokes in meetings, <laughs> right? You're witty. Yeah, you're quick, but it's not really." That's such a surface level way to look at it, especially how I think of it. For me, it's been just trusting in how I present myself. And I remember one of the teachers, Benjamin, one exercise we were doing, I forget what it was exactly, but he said, and then you're going to say your line and then we're all going to support you. And then that just really clicked with me. And it's like, oh yeah, this is what makes this space so special and so sacred is that I will be supported. And I just truly the concept of yes and not mm. literally but literally somebody uh metaphorically somebody saying yes i hear you and how valuable that is mm. and that's just built up a lot of trust within myself and just trust in hey this is me this is how i'm going to present myself and you know i may not be accepted by you in the real world but the gift was in the expression and not necessarily the reception Mm. of said expression. Um, and it's just been so beautiful in that way. Just really trust, 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 trust is what I come back to. Wow. That's, I think that's huge. And that, that moment you mentioned in Benjamin's class, Benjamin, a uh, future guest of the show, uh, <laughs> uh, that idea of like, yeah, you know, whatever you're going to say will support you. And I, I love exercises where we do something like that because I think that's a big like warm up exercise, you know, just to get everybody feeling comfortable. You have, you know, scenes where it's like, okay, we're going to try and do a rhyme. And even if the rhyme sucks, like we're still going to clap for you or we're still going to laugh, you know, whatever. And that builds, like you said, the sense of trust and this confidence in yourself and presenting oneself because you're like, hey, like I'm going to trust that whatever I say is it's going to be all right. Right. And that's such an interesting thing, like, back to like watching newbies kind of go up and you know, that hesitation that you see within them. And I just, when I see that, I always want to be like, you don't even realize how safe you are here and how accepted you will be. You can only realize that when you experience it and do it and actually take the leap and see that there is a net there or somebody to catch you. Mm, once you have that perspective. Right. Yeah. So I think, well, yeah, most people I, I imagine come in, you know, and none of us, want to be bad <laughs> right you know you come right. in and you're like well uh, i'm at improv class time to be funny so i better just <laughs> make some wacky choices put my like, funny boots on yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah did you bring yours tonight or <laughs> oh they're on all right oh i see them down there those are nice those are nice funny boots all leather wow. sorry okay. Peter. well you know uh hopefully the cows were funny too uh, <laughs> i think that's awesome but yeah i you know, because at the end of the day, once you have that skill down, that skill of like, I feel comfortable, I can present myself and do this, the safety net isn't necessary. Yeah. You you have that innately and you can take it with you in any space, in any place you go. Right. I think like you said, yeah, bringing up work in particular, like 
can be a place where you're like, I got to feel comfortable presenting myself. Maybe you have to give a presentation or you have a meeting or just talking to customers or clients or whatever. Like having that can be so important and be such a boost in what you do in so many areas of life. And thinking what else I think of a moment actually at work where recently there was like a big brouhaha about subordinates talking to their bosses and like Mm. we kind of got together as a collective and like kind of voiced our concerns. And I remember one of my peers being like, so, you know, we usually have the several people that talk in meetings or, you know, the people that usually talk more than the others. And she was like, well, I kind of want to hear how the chorus of everybody else feels, Mm. which I am a part of for sure. And which I acknowledged. And I told her that even though I may not be the most vocal in meetings or the most vocal in these situations, I am listening and I am supporting you in that way. And I feel like through improv, I was just really able to convey that I really do hear you and here's how I'm moving the conversation forward, which is something we do all the time mm-hmm. in improv. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, I, I could listen before I did improv or understand where people were coming from. But I think because improv is such a great tool for empathy, it felt a lot easier to access that, mm-hmm. to share that. Yeah. And I think, yeah, and just saying like, hey, no, I'm listening. I'm paying attention. Right. I'm taking in everything that's happening. Like that's active listening, you know, it's a yeah. difference of like, I'm here. No, I'm here and I am taking it all in. Right. That's, Imagine if everybody talked and nobody listened. Oh man, that's, well, it is already kind of like that. And that's mm-hmm. why we have podcasts. No. <laughs> um, so you've been here over, well, I guess, yeah, like five, almost five years, right? Almost, involved yeah. at IFTP. What do you think, do you have a goal or a place you want to get to next, either with improv or a skill related to improv or something outside of improv that kind of ties back, a goal that you have for the future? Right. Generally, I would say I just want to grow old with improv Mm -hmm. and I want to keep getting better. I just want to keep, every time I come, I just want to keep getting better because that's how much I love it. And I feel like I owe it to that, to the medium to Mm -hmm. get better. Um. I want to work on characters. I think it's easy for me to like play the straight man and yeah. still say something enough that it's interesting enough that yeah. I don't have to play characters. Yeah. But I don't want to be kind of like stuck in a box because yeah. I think that's what improv is not. You know, improv is yeah. about like the infinite possibility of the moment. And yeah. I want to honor that and continue to just be more open. But I can never imagine a day I won't be like, doing improv or I won't be like enrolled in a class. I just, why would I stop? Honestly, it's not even like like thinking about my improv career as Mm. like an athletic career. It's not like you pull a hamstring and can't do improv anymore. You know, he's on injured reserve. Like he's going to be out for the rest of the season. And then who knows about his contract, Uh, man, torn his funny bone. He'll be out. We'll see him next season. Hopefully, 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 you know, and if he makes it back on time, uh, now hopefully he can perform as well as he was before the injury. Yeah. But he'll never be 100%. He won't be all the way there, but oh well. Real shame, real talent. <laughs> That's the danger of improv. Oh, That's man. what we sign up for, folks. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I got to take a moment. I love equating. I love sports injury talks, so just like, <laughs> just like anything back to that just gets me. Well, I'm day-to-day right now, but it's day-to-day. Day. Well, are you hurt or are you injured? No. 
Well, um, difference. Yeah. Hurt or injured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, is, is Keenan the guy? Is he willing to play through the pain? <laughs> this next improv show we got coming up. You know, through Keenan's absence, I think that, uh, I don't know if he's a guy that's got a lot of heart. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he's maybe not the guy you want leading your franchise. Mm. Yeah. Let alone studio. Mm. Let alone studio. You know, can he can he take you to the improv championship? <laughs> I'm not sure, Phil. Can he be clutch in primetime? Yeah, does he have that dog in him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. <laughs> it's like we can just keep going on. Oh, I didn't think I could keep up with you. That's why I stopped. I knew I was not going to be able to say uh, I bet you could. I bet you could. I just, uh, I listen to a lot of sports podcasts. So that's, uh, so I <laughs> think, so it's too much, too much on the brain for me. All right. Um, well, I think you're going to have a very successful improv future. Thank you. I want you to know Thank that. Can I ask what you're aspiring to? Like yeah. after all this time, like what, yeah. Do you have a goal in front of you that you feel like you have? Hmm. That the answer to that question has changed a lot over the years. I um I went to college for acting. I got a degree in acting, which is both smart and dumb. Uh, <laughs> but I think a, that's a whole other conversation. But people get degrees in things that don't end up actually mattering, and that's all, all I'll right. say on that. True. Because I work in tech, yet I have an acting degree. So do the math there. Um, <laughs> the You're acting matter. like you have a tech degree. Exactly. And I just, I've had a variety of careers in the time since I've graduated. So I've been a teacher. I worked in tech. Like I've done everything. Um, so I think at one point, you know, I've, you know, wanted to be like an actor. Um, and that, it's not that that desire is gone. I think it's shifted. And I think part of that current vision with improv is just, you know, continuing to, improve myself. Uh, I love being an improv for the people, just the opportunity to learn, um, to be in shows, to create this podcast, to hear from other fantastic improvisers, you know, cause I, I want to know their stories. And honestly, I have the best seat with this podcast because I just get to have talented people on every week. And then they tell me their secrets. It's like, mm. don't you understand what you're doing? You're giving away the precious knowledge. Like <laughs> my precious. So I think, for me, it's, yeah, continuing to have almost a lifelong journey with improv because if I think about it at the end of the day, acting, performing, you know, anything that I've done in my life, like improv is the place I love to be the most. I think a lot of that ties to, like you said, the idea of, you know, there's not really casting. You're just, you're the part that's created in the moment. And yeah. I, casting, I think for me, has always been something I've uh had beef with like over the course of my life, like these roles are, I'm not the right type for this role, but I want to play it. But improv, that doesn't matter. No, which is part of its beauty and its brilliance. And I'm just not losing that sense of play. And this is where I get to be to play. So, you know, um, I'm probably not going to be the next Eddie Murphy and that's okay. You know, I'm not sure. Not with that attitude. That's true. I mean, maybe they'll reboot Shrek <laughs> and I can find a bit part in there. But, uh, you know, not that I'm not open to like continuing to explore career in comedy, but I just, you know, whatever I do in life and my day job, and if my day job never becomes improv or acting, I still want it to be around. I still yeah. want it to be a part. And I, you know, it's not, I don't want improv to be something I like, be like, I'm taking improv to get a Geico commercial. You know what right, we talked about earlier? Right. I, some people do do that. And you know what? Yeah. That's their choice. Right. But for me, it's like, no, I want to do improv because I love it. And if it helps me in other things, awesome. If it doesn't, I still get to do improv. Right. Improv right. is like my Tai Chi in a way. Mm. A few weeks ago, Matt asked, like, what are the things that you just love doing? Yeah. Um, and I said, 
dancing, mm. playing soccer, and doing improv because those are the three things that I feel most free. And those yeah. are the things that I do. Improv is something I do genuinely without asking anything of it in return. Yeah. I just feel like I do it and I'm happy. Yeah. I think I'd say there are times in my life where I have wanted to ask for things in return from improv, but I think now as I've gotten older and honestly partially coming here, you know, not being at a studio that is, you know, maybe as much like, you know, there's just those places that are like, we're a pipeline to SNL or you right. know, whatever that is. And it's, it's not always about that. I mean, sure. I'd love to be an SNL or Michaels, but uh, do I have the talent though? I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, my sketches are very okay, but that's a different conversation. But yeah, I think that's part of it too, is like improv as a philosophy and being a, a constant in my life. And I think you have a very similar view on that. So I think that's, that's a more recent development in my own life that I've come to. Yeah. I think part of that is just doing this podcast even. I mean, this is a sixth episode that I've sat down for and just every week I'm like, man, this is, this is a good thing we have here. And if there's things I can do to help bring new people to improv, to get them over to IFTP, just to learn about it or to find whatever that thing is that helps them feel free and to be themselves and to play. Like if I can do that, great. You know, if I can just help. Right. And I think one thing that IFTP does that's really conducive to the things that we're talking about is that it feels more so like a gym membership. But I know you've mentioned that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Before. You said that. I was like, oh. <laughs> Just the whole, because think about, I told you about my roommate and our improv career started yeah. at the same time oh, and yeah. he stopped. He just stopped because he went, maybe I can't say because, but he went through a course and you know, mm. you, you go through the course and the course is done. And yeah. do you want to take another course? No. Yeah. But with this, it's just like, oh, you, am I going to do improv this month? Uh, yeah. yeah. So you just keep yeah. doing it. Because yeah, I think IFTP differs in that way. Because I think if you want to like be competitive and go on to bigger things related to improv and comedy, you can find that here. You know, It's just depending on how driven are you. No one's going to give it to you. You have to seek that out. But if you just want to do improv because you enjoy the art, you can also come here. Like everybody has a place here. You know, it's just that you, the individual has to have a focus in that. And I think that's something where people don't realize that. So they think, oh, well, I come here and they don't take it seriously, which I don't think is the case. You know, it's just, it's up to the discipline yeah. of the individual. Even the people who aren't necessarily like working actors or would call themselves creatives, yeah. I really value that the people here, um, have reverence for the craft itself. Yeah. And even, you know, no matter what your job is outside of the class or the show or whatever, when in it, it's, I just really value everybody who just takes it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, at the end of the day, I think so many people view improv as a vehicle to other things. You know, improv is my vehicle to commercials. Improv is my right. vehicle to SNL. Improv is my vehicle to giving a killer speech at a wedding. Yeah. But it's its own thing too, you know? Right. It was first and foremost, you know? And it's... I, I think, think it's, it's much more rewarding when it's not yeah. necessarily a stepping stone, wouldn't yeah. you say? Yeah. When you just get to stay in it and really hone it and develop it and like that work never ends. You can always get better. You can yeah. just always yeah. get better. Even when you feel like you're just killing it and <laughs> you just watch a great improviser go and it's like, oh... Yeah. Oh, I could kill it more than I am. 
Which I think I feel literally every time I watch a show, I'm like, oh, dang. Right, right. <laughs> gotta get back in the gym, you know? I'm like, yeah, get back in there. Yeah, yeah. That's, I gotta get more improv protein powder. You know, I gotta get my improv pre-workout. Creatine. <laughs> yeah, all my, my, my supplements. My You're natural though. You don't use steroids. No, you don't no, do no, improv, improv growth hormone for me. What would that be? Like written flashcards? Like I'm going to interject this joke, but yeah. that wouldn't work though. Just like a, um, a radio earpiece uh, that I can buzz in. <laughs> well, that's relying on the other guy almost that's being true. a fantastic improviser because he's got to get it out quick i've got matt moore in my ear right now he's just been feeding me lines that's matt's next business yeah sitting in the van outside like say this oh yeah just like on a date or something oh just you know or like any situation where you're like you need to loosen things up with humor oh matt would kill do you think somebody's tried that we've seen it in tv so many times where somebody's like on a date and the other guy's like in the van yeah like in in real life have people done that and that's worked I feel like it's definitely possible. I mean, you know, we have, you know, with like the rise of like Bluetooth headphones, you know, like it's gotten a lot easier because you could, you know, like AirPods are really obvious, but I bet there's, you know, smaller like little things you can put in your ear that are like normal people like you and me can get our hands on. So I bet, I bet there's, there's gotta be like a YouTube video, you know, some like, what's up guys. Welcome to today's video. I'm going to get a job interview at Chipotle, but only saying things my friend says in my ear. Right. Like that, that video right. exists and I'm going to watch it tonight. <laughs> I'm going to so watch it later. I want to, I'm going to answer yes based off no facts, just feelings. <laughs> yeah. Do you think someone has tried that in real life? They've got to just yeah. the, like the way we consume TV and like, Oh, it's on TV. So we might as well try it. Yeah. It's just funny. Like what's the original idea Did that like somebody putting it on TV or in a movie, did that yeah. come from like a real life? event yeah yeah you have to think because like someone had the idea to write that right right? it's a storyline in some sitcom or whatever like yeah because art imitates life right that's a that's a good question what's the first time someone had like an earpiece (laughs) to complete a task or a job or a conversation yeah what did because I can think of, yeah, I can think of a ton of examples like I Spongebob that happened I think like Patrick and Spongebob like yeah that's an all-timer and ton of other shows so and now i kind of want to like research that trope <laughs> and get more into that oh man oh man okay all right so my uh my last improv question for you keenan um you know you are someone i would consider highly experienced highly skilled highly talented improviser you know you you've been here you've you've been at the gym you know like you might be like the arnold schwarzenegger you know of iftp but that like, feels so silly coming from you who's You've been in the gym longer? You say, eh, little man, I'll show you what real lifting is <laughs> like. No, I'm going to call you the Arnold Schwarzenegger of IFTP. Don't. Isn't that... But what What other awards would you give out? What other people would you associate? Uh, that's... <laughs> I know, that's, that's the only gym person I could think of was Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> um, well, if I could name any bodybuilders or... Uh, like power lifter people, but I can't. It's just Arnold is probably, you know, like American Gladiator. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I don't know any of their names, but neither do I. I think of them as, I don't know, like Matt's an American Gladiator, you know? He really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Or is Matt like, it's like dancing with the stars. Oh, yeah. And Matt's like the dancer. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. 
Yeah, the pro, like they just throw in random people and he's like, I got you. I've been doing this a this. long time. Oh, that's so true. I got you. Cause that's dancing is a partner thing. Improv is a partner. Right. Oh my gosh. You Okay. That's amazing folks. Uh, Kina just came up with the best improv analogy from this point forward in time. No one else is allowed to come up with improv analogies. <laughs> We're done. Done. What advice do you think you could share for for a beginning improviser? You know, I came in, I joined in this example, I joined IFTP. Uh, this is my first month, October, 2022. I just took my first class. It was my first time doing improv and I just, what do I do? Where do I go? Uh, Keenan, you've been here. Help me. What, what advice do you have for me? Show up and jump in. At various points of my improv career, I felt like, what is this wall that I'm going through and why am I not getting through it or getting over it? And then the realization was the wall wasn't even really there. I just had to keep going and keep showing up and just keep, got to keep trusting. And it's, it's a medium done through action and experience. And you don't really know what it is or have a feel for what it is unless you do it. And the way to do it is to jump in and let everything else like kind of fix itself while you're doing the jumping and the falling. Mm. Mm. Medium through action and experience. Ooh, ooh. Write that down, people. Write that down. I say that at least once every episode. Well, all right, Keenan. Well, thank you for that advice. That beginning improviser who was just here, uh, he really appreciated it. Um, he actually got it. Um, he got a decal in his car that said that. So wow. the whole, your whole quote is a very large decal, but it's, it's on his... Uh, Makes hood. people mad when they're driving because yeah. they can't read it. Yeah, because right? they're like, slow down. Like, I wish that light had stayed red longer so I could have finished reading that uh, multi-paragraph <laughs> uh, decal that guy. I got halfway through, but yeah. I didn't. Can I get a yeah. TLDR? Yeah, and, the, and oh, yeah, there you go. And the font he chose was awful. So it's some of the words. Comic Sans? Yeah. yeah so rank the, your fonts right now. Rank my fonts? Oh, man. Okay. Uh I got to go Times New Roman. Times New it's Roman. Kind of yeah. It's kind it's of like, top two, not two. You know? Yeah. I can read it. It looks good. I've written a lot of MLA format papers mm. over the years. Um, Times New Roman. Uh, I got to say uh, Wingdings. I think it's just wild. Mm. Wingdings. It's a favorite. Yeah. Um, now, there is a font that I like, but I can't remember the name of. But I use it for a creative project, and I, I don't even, I downloaded it from somewhere. And it was a really cool font. I'll tell you that. Uh, another font I liked, I don't know the name, but I used it for like a little short video I made, but it looks like like donuts, some of the letters, because the video was called Go Nuts for Donuts. Mm. So I needed like a donut based font. Ah. Um, so that was pretty sweet. It's a video about a donut um, uh, pranking someone and then he eats the donut because the donut is sentient in the video and also Australian. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah this, it's a very layered video. It's like 30 seconds. But Sounds deep. It's probably my magnum opus, honestly. It's got <laughs> Makes little, the people think. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Um, and then my last one. Okay, you're naming all these, and I'm not going to be able to name. Okay, that's If fine. you ask me this, I'm going to be mad at you. Oh, I'm going to ask you this. <laughs> if you're making me think of five fonts, I'm going to ask you about five When did fonts. I say five? I guess the natural thing is I to say top, top five. five. Oh, yeah. I just assume top five. Okay, well, I can stop there because I can't think of a fifth one. So this is my top four fonts. My Mount Rushmore, right? Because four faces. There you go. All right. So what's your Mount Rushmore of fonts? <laughs> Times New Roman's on there. Classic. I'm a big sans serif guy. Sans serif. Okay, yeah, the the, san, the sans fonts, the serif fonts. What's the, um, is it like Courier? 
the new yeah yeah that's like the screenplay font right yeah uh, i associate that, that with final the, draft yeah why yeah. is that just the screenplay font i don't know there's probably some guy who's like tim courier <laughs> like something like that and he's like i'm gonna make a font and then i'm gonna write a screenplay <laughs> and everyone was like wow this is a great screenplay wow. and an even better font we'd need to name this after him yeah and do it like this only like this he died right after he wrote the screenplay wow so Wow. It's kind of in tribute to Tim Currier. <laughs> so what do I got? I got Times New Roman on there. Yeah, Saint Serif, Currier. Is it uh Give me a wacky one. Oh. Is it like New Century Gothic? Oh, do you know what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. I always I like want that one to work, and it's mm-hmm. just like it's just weird enough for yeah. like, oh, this is not gonna work. But yeah, I wanted you to work while I was previewing you. Yeah. But it just didn't yeah, work no, out. Century Gothic's a good one too. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to see old century gothic as well. Yeah. Yeah. Where where is that font? <laughs> What's that font been up to? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's new, there's old. Do we have like a modern or somewhere in between maybe? Right. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So you've given me a Mount Rushmore. That's four fonts. I'm good with that list. That's a that's a solid list right there. Serif. Serif fonts are ooh, clean. Mm. All right. Keenan, the time has come. We're gonna do some improv. So uh lace up those boots, buddy boy. Lacing them up as we speak. All right. Excellent. 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 So this first game we're playing is called My Evil Plan. And in this game, Keenan, uh, I'm going to give you a couple of suggestions. Uh, I know what they are. You'll find out in a moment uh, that you have to include in your evil plan to take over the world, a la a James Bond villain. Um, so the three things you need to include in your monologue are a bus stop, socks, okay. and an ogre. Three things I'm going to be looking for. Gotcha. Yep. All right. And then uh, kind of when our scene is at an end, I'll black us out. All right. Here we go. This is called My Evil Plan. Well, Mr. Bond, now that I have you captured, I will go over my plan in detail because you won't escape before I finish what my plan is. I bet you're wondering how you got here, aren't you? You're wondering why would you be in a lair like this, huh? Hmm? Hmm? It's a strange place. I, I don't remember being brought here. I'm sure you like how it's decorated. Say it. You like it? Right, fine, I like it. Ah, yes. I like it, Vandersniff. I like it. And it was your love of decorations, wasn't it? Having you walking on 87th Avenue in New York. And you wondered, what is a new Shrek movie coming out? What could that ogre be doing this time? All the Shrek movies happening? And it just happened to be on the bus stop bench. A picture familiar, but different. So different because you knew they couldn't possibly make another iteration. They didn't. I created Shrek 6. Pitched it to DreamWorks. They said yes with a fully formed screenplay. And I said, just give me some time and I'll take care of it. And they said, well, you seem so prepared that we won't even give you any notes. But we'll give you a marketing budget. And I said, yes, all the color, all of the color. And there you saw the Shrek 6 sign. And you couldn't help but stare. Because you love that series, don't you? I love Shrek. You love every moment of it. It's my greatest weakness. You secretly wish you were Donkey. You wish you were another Eddie Murphy. Oh. Stick to the killing bond. 
Anyway, we finally captured you. You didn't notice we had put glue spots on the sidewalk, right where you would be standing seeing Shrek 6. You couldn't move. And you passed out. Because nothing else, everything else, excuse me, could move except for your legs. Smith. You tried to run, you tried to scream, you could scream, but it didn't mess you up. You fell, hit your head on the sidewalk, and now here you are. Here you are. And now, every bus stop in America, from Central Park to Nebraska. Yeah. You're wondering how I said that specific That's state, a huh? Decent part of the country. Yes. A large swath yes. of the country. And everybody will look. Trek six and everybody will be stuck no. in carefully, intricately paced glue. No. All sizes, all foot shapes, even Shaquille O'Neal. Not Shaquille O'Neal. We need him. That was a lot of glue to lay that out. But he's actually captured and in cell C as we speak. Soon everybody will be consumed by their love of Shrek. But they couldn't love it any less enough to move. Vandersmith, your your plan to exploit studios' desires for sequels and remakes is beyond dastardly, but I, I just have one question. After this, this plan to uh, lure everyone in with the promise of Shrek 6, which, again, the poster is amazing, why did you have to take all our socks? Well, socks are the very reason, the very bane of my existence. It represents people's need for sequels. What do they need sequels? They need comfort. They need to know that it's going to show up every single day. And what shows up every single day except for socks? Socks! Blackout! Oh my goodness. Uh, You nailed it. You nailed it. Now, I did not choose Ogre. That came from a generator. I just want you to know. But I was hoping you would bring up Shrek and you did. So I'm did I miss one? Was a bus stop ogre and something else? Socks. Oh, thank Socks. you. That's why I just you asked you about it. I was like, no, it's all I was like, good. wait, what was the third one? Jeez. I was like, you've done so well with the two. Like, I'm just going to you know, pitch you a soft one there. Because I was like, thank you, you killed it with the bus stop. Uh, which the movie, bus stop movie posters are an amazing thing. So They are, aren't they? Because they're, every bus stop has old movie posters. <laughs> So the fact that you organize the logistics to get new movie posters at bus stops from New York to Nebraska, <laughs> I, that's true evil in action right True there. evil. Just a large part of the country. Yeah. You know what's funny about coming out to L.A. was seeing the uh, For Your Consideration Emmy, like oh, billboards yeah. or Oscar billboards. It was like, huh, wow, a billboard for this piece of art. Yeah, that like really there's only a small group of people who actually need to see that billboard. Right. <laughs> It's like, I don't, is this the most effective use of your marketing budget? Does that get anybody anywhere, really? Look, there's a a group of 10 old white dudes who need to see this billboard. Wow. And um, we're hoping they're going to drive down Beverly Boulevard (laughs) to see these things. And if they don't, I don't think we're going to win an award this year, everyone. Green books. Game plan. There you go. Uh, this next game is called Last Letter Scene. This one's going to be a more traditional game where essentially you and I were going to play a scene 
And the the game of this scene is that each line, the the line that follows it, needs to start with the last letter of the previous line. So if you said, my face, last letter is E, next line starts with an E, right? Cool. It's like a spin on the alphabet game. Right. But uh, right. you got to listen a little more because mm-hmm. uh, it ain't the alphabet. All right. So our location is the jungle. Mm. Fantastic. All right. So we are in the jungle. Uh, last letter scene. Um, and then, same as before, I'll black us out. And here we go. Oh my gosh, Richard, thank you so much for bringing me on this jungle cruise. Edward, calm down. Let's save some energy for the rest of the cruise. Okay, you're getting a little high right now. Well, I am really excited to be here at the Jungle Cruise. I can't believe you planned this for my 30th birthday. A cruise through the real life jungle. This is like this is like Jumanji in real life. Ever since you explained to me your love of Jumanji, I was scared at first. Honestly, I was a little frightened. How much could you love a movie in subsequent board game? Or did the board game come first? Anyway, look over there. Elephants! Oh my gosh. I can't believe you hired actors to play elephants while we're here in the jungle. I can't believe there's real people inside of that elephant costume. You are the best. Think about it. That's Morgan Freeman right there. Oh my gosh. So eloquent. An eloquent elephant. That is so true. Morgan, you know, will commit to whatever performance, whatever role he's given. And I, you know, I feel a lot safer knowing there's actors inside the animals than real animals. You know, because as much as I, I love the jungle, I also fear death. How about that? You fear death? But you're always so adventurous. You're always so pining for the moment. How could that be true? Eh. Richard, it's, I love the idea of adventure, but I never want to seize it fully, putting myself at risk. So the reason I love Jumanji is because I live through the characters. So this Jumanji jungle trip cruise you've planned for me is great because we're in the jungle, but it's not quite the jungle, you know? Just like how I went skydiving but it was just in one of those buildings. It wasn't the real thing. So I'm adventurous when it's safe to be. Even the time where you wanted to have sex, but we kept our clothes on. Blackout. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Jimmy. <laughs> that is a good game. I want to do that more. That- definitely one I haven't played. Yeah, no, I, I haven't played it for a while. So I was like, oh, we're, we're doing this. We're doing this. Oh, gee, media. Oh, man. Oh, man. That was, yeah, that was, that was key. That was clutch. Thank you for that. For sure. All right. All right. We got one more game we're going to be playing today, Keenan. So for this last game, and this one's going to be a little quicker one. Um, this game, I think you know, is called World's Worst. So this one is going to be kind of a quick back and forth. Um, our job... Mm-hmm is that we are going to get a random profession. And Keenan and I, we will have to deliver lines as someone in that profession who is the worst version of that profession. We are going to be 
the world's worst bouncer. Man, I'm bouncing all these balls. Oh, yeah. Come right in. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, bro. Just come on in. We don't need to see nothing. Oh, he looks 12, though. (laughs) Yeah, come on in. Come Come on on in. Come on in. Come on in. Hey, man, let me see your ID. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't want to look at that picture. Either. You're ugly. Hell no, nah. nah, bro. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey, bro. I know you're about to start some fights in here. Get on in here, man. We need to make this place a little more rowdy. You know what I mean? Hey, man. Oh, you want me to kick him out? Nah. Nah, He's he looks scary. I'm, I'll just stay here. I got to hold the door, you know, for the ladies. Seriously, bro, I'm a pacifist, honestly. Like, we don't need to solve that with violence. Not at all. All right, next up, we are going to be the world's worst gymnast. World's worst gymnast. Oh, it's so high up on the high beam. God, I really have to go up there? For my routine, I'll be doing three somersaults in a row. Thank you. Well, those rings remind me of donuts. Maybe you could toss me a donut while I go on those rings. I didn't realize you weren't supposed to draw with the chalk, but I think my stick figures look pretty cool. Whoa, whoa, whoa! This is what it's like up here. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We'll do one more. All right. World's worst stay at home dad. Well, kids, uh, you're two now and that's a very precious age and. You know, you've, you've impressed me. I think you're advanced enough, so I'm just going to get out of here. If you the strip clubs, I hear they're popping these days. Say, kids, want to go stay at a hotel? <laughs> kids, did I do drugs? Yes. Did I have fun? Yes. Should you do them? I'm supposed to say no. Will you do them? I expect you to. All right, kids. Well, uh, I really, I have a job. I have to go to work, so don't use the stove. See you guys in eight hours. Hey, oh, kids, that's just that's just the gas switch. You can look at this. Oop, on, Oop, off, Oop, on. Fun game to busy yourselves while I'm gone. Blackout. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's, that gymnast one, I was just like, I'm done. I got nothing. I got nothing. Like, you didn't kill it. I got to tap out here. Tap out. Oh, man. Call me Schwarzenegger, baby. There you go. There you go. Nah, what are you doing? Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper now. Now. I, uh, I, that game is hard with two people. It puts a lot yeah. of pressure on yourself. Yeah. Who chose that game? Oh, me. But, <laughs> But Did you come I, up with that game? You know about that game? I know about that game. Gotcha. Yeah. No, the, I came up with the the villain one. I was just like, villain, Bond villain speech. Right, right. Yeah. And then uh, you mentioned characters earlier, and I was like, oh, you're going to play a character uh, tonight? I'm doing characters. And you did. You were great. Um, 
you know, I think I always worry about the voice. Like what's the, does yeah. this voice accurate to what I'm doing? Yeah. But it just kind of like everything in improv, just kind of yeah, let go. Sure. Like, should I, should I be sounding like this right now? Right. I don't know. And then one of the last shows, it's like, um, I forget his name, but an improviser at IFTP, his British accent was not good, but the audience loved it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So it didn't really matter at all. I think that's one of my favorite things is when people have bad British accents, but yeah. then they, you know, they commit to them so hard and they're like, right. blah, 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 biscuits. And then you're like, oh my gosh, this is bad. It's bad. Good. You know? Right. Bad. Good. All right. Well, Keenan, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on improv for the podcast. Uh, you have been an incredible guest. Uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom, your stories, your experience. Uh, thank you for playing. Uh, any last words you want to leave us with before we sign off? Thank you. And I'll be listening to the other podcast because I'm so interested. I could hear people talk about improv all day and could talk about it all day as you could and what you are doing. So just definitely thank you for giving me the opportunity and long live improv. Long live improv. Well said, Keenan. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Improv for the Podcast. As always, if you enjoy the show, uh, please feel free to leave us a review or follow us on Spotify. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, thank you, Keenan. We'll see you next week. Bye. Improv for the Podcast was created by Matt Moore and Michael Lee Evans. Edited and produced by Michael Lee Evans. And finally, presented by Improv for the People. Interested in more IFTP? You can visit us at improvforthepeople.com or on our socials, such as Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. Remember, new episodes are released weekly. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.